Welcome to the Cracking the Growth Code podcast, where we explore practical growth and leadership insights to take you and your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Matt Zimbruski. I'm pleased to have as my guest today, Matt Schmidt, CEO and founder of PeopleLogic. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Excited to be here. Really glad to have you here and really excited to introduce you and your company, Matt, to our audience. I've had a chance to look briefly into what you're up to. It's really exciting. There's a lot of synergies between uh, what your company is about and the things that I'm passionate about uh, in the space. And the name of your company uh, says it, uh, a lot of it there, People Logic. Can you just take a minute or two and just introduce People Logic, your role there to our listeners? Let them know how your company is starting to make an impact in today's marketplace. Yeah, that's a that's a, a great segue into that. And, you know, certainly the, you know, cracking the growth code is, uh, is very much uh, aligned with our mission, right? And so, you know, PeopleLogic really exists to help unleash the potential of every scaling organization through having better insights, right? And so, you know, we do that by providing a set of tools for companies at every step of the journey as they're scaling from, you know, just starting your processes and, you know, needing to be better about strategic planning to, you know, needing to be proactive about how your team is connected and engaged and performing, right? Uh, And so through that, uh, you know, we are building what we call the AI for more efficient scaling and, uh, you know, starting to have an impact on those organizations really squarely in that series A to, to pre-IPO. Um, and, you know, starting to you know, really help companies that are struggling today to keep scaling and growing because how we run businesses and how we operate has changed so much over the past five years. Uh, the peaks and valleys that used to be, you know, spread out to every couple of years are now compressed and, you know, during the course of a day, we could have massive uh, swings. And, you know, that that wreaks havoc on how we should be planning. Uh, and yet most companies aren't planning very effectively today uh, for the future. Uh, and they haven't changed how they plan in response to the, you know, the fact that actually the future of work has changed. Very much so. That's it. That's a great overview. And and to say the um, the AI, I wrote it down, AI for more efficient scaling. And can, can you provide an example just to bring it down to sort of the, the context? You mentioned about planning, mm-hmm. some of the challenges with, you know, and you're, you're helping, sounds like you're helping your your clients and, and your um, the small high growth companies um, more quickly adapt to the, to the pace of some of the changes that have taken place in the marketplace. You just yeah. give an example of maybe one of your products or services that you offer. Yeah, that's a that's a great um, a great add-on to that, right? So, you know, for us, what we've realized actually is that everything's interconnected, right? Both inside the organization, you know, your people team, your sales team, your finance team, your engineering team—they're all interconnected, right? Uh, and yet, we still kind of operate in silos and we still plan in silos, right? Um, but more importantly, externally, your business is actually interconnected to a lot of other factors that impact you without you actually ever having any control over that or uh, foreknowledge. And so, you know, when we talk about the AI for efficient scaling, it's about helping you see around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. And so that might be to give you a heads up that there's a, you know, a geopolitical issue starting to, to happen that's going to have an impact on your customers, right? Or your customers' customers. Uh, mm-hmm. Or that the interest rate changes are ultimately going to impact private investors, which is going to impact your ability to raise again eight months from now, 
right? And so these are very real challenges that ultimately we're we're working on solving. When we talk about the internal use cases, uh, you know, we we really define it as a, a people and performance management solution, mm. right? That's everything. And part of where, you know, while that may sound, uh, you know, like a lot of other HR tech solutions, um, it's really, you know, part of what makes a difference is the intelligence underneath it. So, you know, we help you with everything from OKRs to one-on-ones to performance reviews to people analytics, right? And accelerate your ability to use all those different mechanisms with the understanding of how everything's connected uh, within your organization. Straight straight from that flow of work, uh, the cloud tools that exist, understanding how your team is really structured rather than, um, you know, what the, how they say they structure, they're structured. Yeah, it's a, it's a, when I looked on your website uh, earlier, Matt, I was really impressed with, uh, oh, I'm a very visual learner, so I was really impressed with a lot of the visual interconnections that you show about how you can leverage the existing footprint of a company today. Seems like it could even apply to even large companies. I mean, I know you talked about pre-IPO, but it sounds like a lot of the bigger companies could leverage, leverage your uh, uh, products and services as well. Mm-hmm. They, they probably should. Um, and yet, you know, those size organizations are often, um, you know, much more uh, capable of throwing people at them uh, mm. and uh, and also have a different set of challenges and the pace that they grow and, uh, and those types of things. Right. The, yeah. The narrowing our focus down to, you know, what we define as scaling organizations gives us a whole set of really meaty problems to to solve for, right? As these yeah. organizations just deal with so much more chaos, uh, so much faster, right? And, uh, you know, startups love to to find a place where there's lots of chaos for us to, to dig our teeth into. Exactly. That's fantastic. Let's, let's shift over to, um, to you, what gets you out of bed. You're CEO, founder of your company. I've worked at startups before. And um, it's it's a fun fun vibe if if you're like that vibe I I, I love it uh, a lot of people in the agile space uh, I think are very startup friendly as well because we're always wearing multiple hats we thrive in chaos as you're saying um, so for you what motivates you what are you really passionate about like you know just you talked about the company and what you're doing which is um, amazing in the market what motivates you on a personal level like what do you, what what gets you out of bed in the morning to help the world help your company. Yeah, I think you really nailed it there. It's about helping helping the world, right? Um, and you know, having bootstrapped my last company to uh, a successful exit, you know, I'm motivated by helping other companies that are going through that achieve the same outcome, right? And you know, if you think about uh, the statistics that we see around venture back companies, where there's a ton of great companies and maybe they can execute really well, but the odds are not in your favor as a venture back company, mm-hmm. you know, one of 10 that might succeed or, or have a wildly successful outcome. Um, and by that, you know, successful for your shareholders, successful for the founders, right. All the the things that we measure success on. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's about, you know, helping those companies achieve that outcome that can really be life-changing for the, for the founders and, and improving that from one in 10 to, you know, maybe two in 10 or three in 10, right. Uh, A meaningful percentage. Uh, And then the other piece that gets me up is just, you know, my team, 
we have a we have a great team. It's probably the the best team that I've ever put together at this stage. And uh, you know, a lot of them now have been with me for two or three uh, years of the journey. Um, or my CTO, who uh, my long suffering CTO, who has been with me for uh, now probably twelve years. So it's a <laughs> you know the the team is part of what gets me up every day and is part of you know really I. Um, I exist more as the the problem solver and the strategist, and but they're the ones that are really making the difference. Yeah, I like I like the way you said that too. Because being being uh, an agile professional myself, I always think it with an agile mindset. You're what you just shared for what motivates you is very customer centric, right? Like how can how can your company better serve the customer, and how can you better serve your team that's delivering the value to the customer, right? So I. I, I love I love the way you describe that. I'm I'm very much the same. I get motivated by the people uh, that I'm working with and by helping them move forward more quickly, right, in their careers and in their organizations. Um, let's talk about what success looks like. So you're on a fast track startup, um, you know, with with where you're going. You have experience um, um, in in uh, in the startup space. What is if you were to paint a picture of success for your company? What does that look like? Oh, you mentioned OKRs and things like that. It could be something specific, like where we want to double our number of clients, or what does success look like for you, like twelve months from now? Uh, twelve months from now, so you know we're we're right in the middle of raising a, a seed round. Um, you know, so you know that all the success metrics that come with with doing that, and so you know, but really for me, it's you know, I would like us to, you know, dramatically increase the the number of customers that we've got, right? Mm. That's probably, because for us, our impact on the world is measured by the number of companies that we help, right? And so, you know, that, to do that effectively, we've got to be able to have great products and we've got to be able to deliver value to the customers that are paying us and we've got to be able to acquire new customers. And if we stay focused on delivering great value to those people uh, and continuing to provide additional products as they grow, uh, then ultimately we, you know, we earn the right to, uh, to have success. Yeah. That makes really, really good sense. And uh, from an outsider's perspective, um, uh, Somebody, an analyst would like look at your company and say, oh, they've doubled their number of clients, right? So they're growing. That's that's part of uh, what you do. But I know from your role, what you've just shared is you're also passionate about the the significance of the impact that you're making with with each client. Um, mm-hmm. As you're, are, are you, um, is your company from a growth perspective, um, uh, just to clarify the answer a little bit, are you, are you thinking more about um, expanding your customer base or, you know, and this is probably a percentage answer versus going deeper with your current customers. Like, are you trying to like build your product suite out for some of the core clients that you have today? Uh, is that like 50, 50, like new customers? Yeah, it's a, it's a both deeper? and, right. It's a both and on that yeah. one, right. You need to, you know, at this stage, there's, you know, the, the size of our market is essentially infinite, right. There's always a, a number you know, there's new growth and scaling companies that come into the start of that all the time, right? And then they kind of grow out of it or they die or the, you know, whatever happens at the high end. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
that allows us to have a you know a nearly endless level of potential new customers, particularly globally. Right there, we're still seeing uh, a lot of growth uh, in this stage of company uh, that we target uh, around the world, and you know whether that's Europe or South America or India or. Uh, others, you know, we we don't really make much of a distinction um, mm. in in who we target, and so you know that's acquiring new customers is certainly uh, one aspect of it. The other aspect, absolutely, as you mentioned, is growing uh, with additional products to our existing customers and converting some of the early freemium customers that we that we had as well. And so, you know. Those, in my mind, those things go hand in hand because we acquire new customers by having additional products that we can offer depending on the stage that they're in, right? So today mm-hmm. we might capture you at the very early stage of growth, um, but as we develop products that fit later, then we can go into a broader set of stakeholders within the within the C-suite uh, and the size of organization and offer them something unique and then maybe to expand beyond that. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. That makes really good sense. And so going forward, if we think, if we think uh, as you mold the clay, you, you get your seed round, right? And this is, it's, I know it's always, um, it's always a lot going on. CEO and founder of a startup. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? I guess, what are the biggest um, challenges to that, creating that successful vision that you see in the marketplace today? Yeah. Hey, there's two things. Um you know, one obviously is, you know, we have to execute really well. And particularly in this macroeconomic climate, uh, you have to execute execute really, really well, right? You cannot afford missteps. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's part one. The part two is, you know, somewhat out of our control, but is actually part of the, you know, the whole reason why we're building this. And that's the you know, the macro environment is is tough, right? Uh, there's a lot less uh, funding that's happening. There's a lot less spending within, you know, at least for, you know, new providers uh, within businesses. Um, you know, there's uncertainty uh, that's uh, impacting everybody's confidence in, you know, whether they're going to have a job or whether their business is still going to be around or, um, you know, what the you know eventual outcome even though we see pockets of um you know great results like what we just saw from you know microsoft's last quarter um you know those results are not necessarily translating down to you know the rest of the the people in the space mm. yeah it takes time and you're right that the macro uh, economic conditions right now are certainly a major factor um across uh especially across the us uh right now mm-hmm. It's been uh, it's it's been challenging for a lot of people, and um, so what what do you think? Um, I mean, obviously the economic uh, we're not we're not going to talk about overcoming that challenge there. Um, <laughs> but what do you um, you you mentioned about um, in the uh, the uncertainty of the market, right? And uh, and being in uh, as an agile coach and leadership coach, etc. I it, there's a lot of the uncertainty that's in the marketplace today, like uh, the pace of change is faster. There's a lot of uncertain um, outcomes, the, uh, a lot of uh, uncertain, uh, unknown factors that are always coming into play. So I think like this, and I work like this with, with leaders and teams, and uh, I'm just curious from your perspective, um, in that 
environment of uncertainty that we live in right now with a, with a high pace of change. Um, what are some things that you um, do within your uh, your company, your culture, or your leadership style to help um, uh, to, to help keep the uh, the ship steady and in, in these rough waters? I guess. Yeah, that's a that's a great one, and and certainly far from perfect on it, as my as my team would probably attest to. Um, you know, my ultimate goal is to try to be as transparent as possible uh, about where we are as a business, and you know how much runway we've got, and how much you know where we need to execute, and the the you know how we're selling and what's in the pipeline. Um, how we're executing on roadmap, right? All those, all those things. And so transparency certainly helps. Um, there's always a delicate balance there because, you know, while founders are certainly, uh, you know, particularly comfortable existing in a state of stress, um, <laughs> can't, uh, you can't create fear, right? Because mm -hmm. too much fear leads you to lock up and, um, you know, prevents execution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, so we, we balance that. Uh, the other one is, you know, we certainly do try to be uh, agile as a team, right? And so, you know, we respond to the market conditions. We take the, you know, a measure of, you know, whether the things that we're doing are having an impact. Uh, we iterate quite a lot and quickly um, and, you know, put that information back into our feedback loop to say, okay, do we need to make a course correction? Uh, you know, or do we need to stop doing this, you know, whole project? Um, and through that, then we, you know, we are able to remain responsive when we need to, right? Uh, and that usually helps the team. So it's a, it's a mix, right? It's a mix of being transparent. It's a mix of, uh, you know, just listening to the team and, and treating them as humans. That's a big part of our mm -hmm. culture is, you know, it is, you know, for better or worse, the human uh, part of it comes into play uh, at this stage. And whether somebody is, you know, struggling outside of work is a, you know, you have to understand that and be responsive and be human about how you respond to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, I think we do a really good job of that. Um, and in, you know, giving people the space and the time that they need to, um, you know, really be their their best selves uh, and bring that best self back to back to work as we try to grow. Um, and then on top of that, everybody is an owner. That's a you know that's another big component of it is that you know everybody has meaningful ownership in the in the company uh, today, and you know their their success is you know tied to the company's success, uh, and ultimately, you know that's a sort of third component of what gets me up every day is for, you know, to, to allow the team to feel the success that I have felt in the past and to mm -hmm. be able to have a, a meaningful um, exit and a meaningful positive outcome, because it mm -hmm. is, a, it's a feeling unlike anything else. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I can imagine um, from, uh, from your perspective. And I love, I love, where we got to in the conversation, how you're talking about, you mentioned about your your team's agile, and that makes sense. I think a lot of startups have to be agile just to just to uh, survive today. Um, but I, but I love how you um, talked about the necessity of that for um, a small company or a startup because I in in the larger corporations uh, that I that I consult with, 
I view if if everybody could have the same perspective as you and your company in those agile organizations, like where they all feel ownership, they all feel like they have their team matters, like their team or their group of teams matter. Um, that's a, a mindset that's tricky to plug into the large organizations. But when that mindset's there, it works very well. So I think it's great that you have it wired in where the team success or each individual success there ultimately is the contributes to success of the organization. Everybody has skin in the game. Everybody can have the upside. Yeah. And that, you know, that accountability, that transparency, the ability to see how your, the things that you're working on uh, impact the organization those, and how it all feeds up together is a, you know, that's so important in having an organization function well, whether it's a startup or whether it's a, you know, a bigger uh, scaling organization. And, and that's where, you know, a lot of our newer customers come to us wanting to have that be uh, something in their organization, mm-hmm. right? They come to us for our tools to be able to, um, to help them at the early stages create that uh, visibility, that accountability, that, um, you know, that understanding and carry that through, whether it's through to their performance uh, conversations or whether it's to one-on-ones or whether it's just to, you know, your overall strategic planning. Um, it, that's a that's a critical piece as, as companies are scaling. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And the accountability and transparency that's woven into your products and into your 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 relationship with your clients and your customers is so so important. Um, as we as we wrap up, Matt, I'd love to get top three leadership tips that you have to share with our audience. Things mm-hmm. that are that you found are successful throughout your career and that that really matter today. Top three tips for leaders. Yeah, and that's a. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that uh, that leadership is a journey. Uh, and something that didn't necessarily come naturally to me. So, you know, I think the first I would say is to meet people where they are, um, particularly in this environment and particularly with the younger generation. Um, you know, that's a, that becomes a super, super important component of it. Um, the second is, you know, I would go with, you know, encourage or show the behavior that you would like your people to to emulate, right? That's a, whether that's, you know, operating transparently or operating honestly, uh, that's a, um, you know, I think that's super critical. And then the third one I think would all, would be to, uh, you know, always operate with a, a growth mindset mm. and always be learning. Right. And um, if you can model that and you can continue to show curiosity, uh, that'll carry through to your to the people that report to you and that are in around you. I, I love I love those uh, those tips, Matt. They're so good with with uh, meet people where they are, lead by example and have a continuous growth mindset. That's just so, so powerful. So those are all great, great tips. Hopefully our audience is going to put all those into practice right away. Um, but thank you very much, Matt, for being here and uh, for your time, for your energy uh, in your in your schedule for being here and sharing you know, your insights with our audience. I really, really appreciate you. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. I enjoyed it. 